Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 28, 2016, and we will resume our study of the AA big book this morning on page 85 in the chapter Into Action. In the first paragraph, beginning where it says, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Cheryl S., 12 Traditions, Lisa B., and our readers of the text will be Rebecca S. and Penny C. The reference number for Wednesday, July 27th is 8946, the OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Cheryl S. to read the 12 Steps. Cheryl. Yes, good morning, family. Cheryl S. from Maryland, newly recovered and grateful today. Thank you. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and a power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I will now ask Lisa B. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. 
The Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa, for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 85 in the chapter Into Action. In the first paragraph beginning where it says, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. One paragraph only, please. And I will now ask Rebecca F. to begin reading for us. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. 
how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our will, willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. I'm Rebecca F. from Connecticut, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And thank you for the opportunity to read and share. And I'm going to look for my timer here. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, So, yes, this is a really profound paragraph that a lot of us refer back to. There's so many phrases in this paragraph that have meaning. Uh, The first one rest on our, that comes to my mind is rest on our laurels. Um, We can't um, uh, survive on what we've done in the past. So this program is one day at a time and we have to live it every day to its fullest in order to um, maintain our spiritual condition. Also in this paragraph, and um, we're not cure. Oh, uh, I wanted to mention that alcohol is a subtle foe, that I looked up the word foe, and it means enemy, in case we've forgotten that. And um, we're not cured. For those of you who think that when we call ourselves recovered, we think we're cured, we know that we're not cured. We'll always have the disease of compulsive overeating. But as long as we continue to do this work, um, the obsession to compulsively overeat stays removed from us where the allergy will always be with us. And um, what we really have is a daily reprieve. I looked up reprieve just for the heck of it, and I was really quite stunned that it means a cancellation or postponement of a punishment, especially for someone who's waiting for the death sentence. And it reminds me that this disease will kill me. As long as in step one, I admit that to myself and recommit myself to that every day, uh, I can't rest on my laurels because I... I'd rather live than die, especially now that I have this new life that's full of happiness, joyousness, and freedom. I want to live, and I found a way of living, and um, that's what keeps me going every day. So every day is a day when we must carry this vision of, of God's will into all of our activities. And I found that I've just been kind of uh, kind of led by the nose, I'd say, by God, I guess, to just keep doing things that reinforce my commitment to this work. And I invite you all to come on board and do the same. And I'm out of time, so I'll pass. Thank you so much, Sally, and everybody for being here. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for being here. Who else would like to share on this paragraph on page 85, the first full paragraph? It is Melissa, Penny, Renata, Sarah, Renata, 
Carol G. Okay, just let me just it, say, I got Renata, I got Sarah W, I got Carol G, and I Janice got Janice M. Janice M. I heard you, Larry. Kim G. Katie F. Amy G. Kim G. Katie M. F. I think I heard Katie F. Monica. F. Susan Sam. Monica. Oh, S. I'm sorry. Katie S. Got it. Monica. Susan Gutierrez. Okay, Renata, Sarah W., Carol G. from London or England, Uh, Julie, Janice M., Larry, Vasa, Kim G., Katie S., and Monica T. I'm going to stop there. I think that's enough to get us started here. So we're going to start with Renata, and then Sarah W., and then Carol G. We'll get started. Renata? Thank you, Sally, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Composable Reader in Istanbul. Um, it's easy to let up on a spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. You know, I guess, you know, I had this idea in the past that um, the whole point of getting recovered was so I could have relief, right, that I could feel good, that I could be free. And, uh, you know, that idea is still, you know, filled with self-centeredness and selfishness, which the book tells me on page 62 is the root of my troubles. You know, and so here it's talking about how every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. You know, the whole point in the book, you know, there are some other parts of the book that really make it so clear that it's not about me. I don't get recovered, so, uh, you know, I feel good. I get recovered, so I'm able to help others, so I can really, you know, pass on what has been given to me, so I can pass on, you know, be a channel of, you know, my higher power's love and wisdom and strength and things like that. And I want to read two passages that came to mind for me. On page 14, Bill's story, it says, Simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. So again, it's not about me. Also on page 20, there is a solution. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. So this is really the antidote uh, against my disease, you know, thinking of others, carrying God's will into the world every day. Because if I only think about myself, then I'm restless, irritable, and discontent, and then food start looking good again, and, you know, I'm not cured, right? I'm not cured. And so um, by working the steps, I can be aligned with God's will for me and then remain, you know, free. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Renata. Sarah W., you're up, and then Carol G., and then Julie. Good morning, Sally. Thank you for your service. Uh, My name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Just, you know, we're in such a beautiful part of the book. Um, And, you know, I really have to tie in the 10th step to the third step. Of course, all the steps tie in so beautifully, but 
you know, the commitment that we make in the third step, you know, um, it is so, um, you know, it's basically a covenant that I've made that I will practice and that I will continue for my lifetime uh, to try, you know, to, and and the third step prayer on page 63 um you know the idea that um that my um recovery is is bound to me through my higher power and and we are a partnership now and that whatever um you know I'm I'm doing radiation I started on um on Tuesday, and I'll do it again today. Uh, it's a five-day-a-week thing for um, 16 treatments. And I was terrified, just terrified. You know, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor's daughter, and I I don't do well with medical things because of my history with it. I've had a lot of, uh, you know, scary experiences. And, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, really have to grab a hold of the idea, even in the first and second step, you know, that I'm powerless. I'm powerless over people, places, and things. I'm powerless over my radiation, and my life is unmanageable. And, you know, go into the second step and believe that there is a hope for me to return to sanity, that that God will help me, and then making the decision to turn my will into my life. And I think that's something we have to do every single day. The first three steps are part of our life, you know. All the steps are, you know, I have to live in them. And um, for me, uh, you know, I wake up and I ask God to walk with me and to guide me and to help me and to uh, have me be the person that I would be. Yesterday I asked God to help me help other people when I walked into radiation, uh, into the oncology department. I mean, you know, this is what we do, and we have to bring it into our whole lives. And when I get scared, I can't just say, okay, I give up, you know, it's it's going to suck. I just have to say, okay, God, walk with me through whatever it is I have to do and trust that um, because it's been shown to me, it's been shown to me that whether it be through my disease or through other experiences that I have struggled with, that God has been with me. And so I just have to keep on reaching out um, and and ask to be of service in whatever way it is. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Carol G., you're up, then Julie, and then Janice M. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, Vision for you. It's Carol G., Compulsive Eater, Recovered. Thank you. Um, I love this paragraph. In my experience, the disease takes me out slowly by stealth. Um Subtle foe. Um, if I see the same patterns in myself over the last two or three days, um, I'll clearly see that I'm deeply back into self and I haven't realized it. And most of the time I will minimize or reason and justify away my need to take inventory or any self-seeking behavior that we've been talking about in the, uh, the Step 10 Promises. And I've slipped into an attitude of, God, I've got this one. You gave me back my life. Watch how much I can do now on my own power with your help. And it's okay. It's not a judgment. I'm like a small child showing off to my parents. When I've got no power, I'll do anything God tells me to do. No problem. But over time, over time, I start to take the lead. I get a bit complacent. I get back in charge and I start driving the bus. And 
Why did he say um, alcohol is a subtle foe? Well, he says that, but he also says immediately afterwards, um, we're not cured of alcoholism. So I'm no longer focused on the food, the food, the food, but I'm now dealing with a more subtle foe, even more subtle than that. I'm addicted to self-reliance. The enemy within me is self-reliance, and I will always go back to doing things my way. Alcohol was poured over the ism, alcoholism, to kill the pain of the ism. Now that's gone. I'm just left with the ism, and that will just lure me out onto thin ice if I don't have conscious contact, conscious contact, and conscious contact with my higher power. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Carol G. And Julie, it's your turn, and then Janice M., and then Larry. Good morning. Thank you. This is Julie R. Recovered, compulsive overeater in California. And, you know, when I look at this, it's easy to let up the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. You know, what does that mean? I have firsthand experience of that. You know, it means that my nightly reviews become yes, no, maybe a little dishonest, a little resentment. Um, my, I don't reach out as much to help another. And then it's, Yes, I need to make an amends, but I haven't. And then I don't even do my nightly review. And I get um, frustrated when my sponsees call because it's, it's interfering with my time. And I do these drive-by prayers. And it only takes a short time for me to become restless, irritable, and discontent. And then, like they always say, the last thing to go is, is food. I have my emotional sobriety is out the window and I know that Rebecca read what stay of execution, you know, what the definition of reprieve is. And, and the one I wrote, read was almost the same. Postpone punishment, especially someone condemned to death. And that's what it is. I am condemned to death when I'm in the food or when I do not have my emotional sobriety and I'm just thin and abstinent. So every day is a day that I must carry the vision of God's will and how do I do that? It's my upon awakening. Somebody early on in my recovery, when I came back, said, before my feet hit the ground, I need to talk to God and to be thankful and ask for direction. Then go about my morning duties and then continue maybe with the guided meditation or whatever. I, Julie, cannot be in charge. But I am today. I have a reprieve. I am totally free. I've been free since the day that I um, got out of my relapse, uh, food is not the issue. But what comes up on my um, nightly review is my ego at times, my character assassination, which the next day I have to go make an amends. If I don't do that, I am going to be lost, and I will pick up the food. And if I pick up the food, I will surely die. So this program is um, the only thing that has saved my life. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And Janice M., it's your turn. Then Larry and then Vasa. Well, good morning to you, Sally A., and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, this is something that is, was quite new to me, and uh, this was my first, if you want to relapse, don't do this, you know. Uh, don't do the step 10. And uh, that's a sure, sure, sure uh, solution for relapse. And I know that from experience. Um, 
you know, like it was been said, uh, oh my, 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 um, let me put my, <laughs> um, like it's been said, I'm not cured of this disease. I have just one day, one day to carry the gift of God, who's my higher power, his vision for me. I can't, see, I'm working towards a goal. I have a goal today of sobriety, you know, of, of recovery, but I can't rest on yesterday, what I did yesterday, as it's been said. It's not possible to rest on my laurels of the past and carry God's vision for me forward. It's impossible, you know. Um, every day is a day when we, we must carry the vision, okay? That means, that means for me, how, how do I maintain my spiritual condition? Well, for me today, it's quite simple. On a daily basis, I ask my higher power. Now, when I see the word ask, that means I'm praying to, to my higher power because I'm powerless. I have to ask him to grant me this gift of recovery. I can't get this gift myself. He's got to do it for me. I do my part. Now, you know, some sponsors, including, some sponsors, including myself, you know, I ask myself, did you pray for recovery the day that you took your first bite? <laughs> well, I know for myself, in my experience, I, not, not, I didn't. I didn't say yes. That's the day. So as I practice step 10, try to keep my house in order on a daily basis, you know, that I know that God's grace and mercy will be given to me as long as I keep, you know, doing what I'm doing. Well, how do I do that? How do I walk humbly with God? How do I walk? How do I connect, you know, and this is what we're going to be coming into because this is the answer. This is the solution for me. You know, and I thank him. I, I ask him to walk with me, to guide me, to, to give me strength. This is my daily tune-up. A tune-up in a car is to ensure that I have peak and efficient performance. So this is what I do. Turning to him during the day in prayer, you know, and thy will be done for me and for others. That's how I keep and fit spiritual condition. If You know, my, my higher power is my companion. He's a close friend. So in order to, to, to connect with the friend, I have to ask, you know, talk with him every day. I have to thank him at night for his blessings during that day. I have to confide in him at all times. And that's the answer. It's really simple, <laughs> but I got to do it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Um, and Larry, it's your turn. And then Bob, you'll be up. And then Kim G. Hey, Sally, am I coming through okay? I was having some issues with my phone. I can hear you loud and clear, Larry. Okay, good. Thanks so much. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, so, you know, we have to carry this vision of God's will into our actions. And, you know, if we go back, four things have taken place. Once I've worked these steps one through nine, you know, I've ceased fighting. Sanity has returned. I have a feeling of being safe and protected. And, you know, perhaps most importantly, the problem has been removed. And, you know, what I'm inspired to talk about today is, the, is, is related to this is that, you know, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on in many of the rooms of OA throughout this country. Um, that's, that's my opinion, you know, and, and some of it is, you know, there's no rush here, you know, take your time, wait to be sprinkled with pixie dust, you know, keep coming back, all that stuff. And it's all baloney. 
And for me, you know, that'll lead to, uh, to bologna. I'll be eating bologna. <laughs> so the thing to remember is to use the directions as a guide rather than the opinions of addicts because all us addicts have opinions. So to tell a newcomer who just walked in, perhaps there's one listening on the line right this very minute, that it's going to take a year to, you know, to work the steps, um, you know, it was to tell them that, that, you know, it's going to take a year to stop fighting. It's going to take a year to become sane, to feel safe, you know, um, for the problem to be removed. And if someone told me that, I'd probably be dead, truthfully. Most of us don't have a year. So, you know, that's not just erroneous information. That's dangerous information. That's deadly information. You know, it may not be for you, but there's, believe me, it's deadly for someone on the line right now. And I believe in care, you know, my opinion is, you know, if I'm going to carry God's will into all my activities, it's my responsibility as a member of this 12-step program to understand what it means to properly carry this message of recovery. If I don't know how to properly carry this message, you know, I pray that I can keep my opinions to myself. And here's the message that I have from experience, my personal experience. You can recover as the result of these steps. The big book gave me the right instructions to cross this bridge to freedom. And uh, that I believe I asked you before I, talk, before I spoke that uh, God helped me to, to carry, you know, the, the proper message. And that's the message. It doesn't take a year. You can have this recovery. You can have this freedom. But you have to follow these steps in sequence, precisely, not perfectly, but precisely. And you will have your own experience. And guess what? Then you will carry a message to someone else based on your experience that's in alignment with the big book. You will form this new relationship with the God of your own understanding. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And Vasa, it's your turn. And then Kim G. And then Katie S. Bossa? Okay, Kim G. We'll come back to Bossa. So you want me to go? Yes, would you go? Sorry. Sorry, Sally. I'm sorry. I was talking. I thought I was unmuted. Okay, Bossa. Thank you. And Kim, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And Sally, A, thank you for your service. I am grateful, recovered, compulsive leader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and um, this is a beautiful paragraph. I mean, it tells, this big book is so, it's amazing. The directions, the recipe is right here if I just follow it. And I took it, I took it very seriously, you know, I took the the disease very seriously, and I did not, I didn't want to die. So I was just so ready and willing I, to take the steps. I was ready and willing. There was nothing about it, you know, not to. And uh, it's, um, I, I, for me, it just became a new life. If I did not take the direction, if I didn't, work, if I didn't do the steps, if I didn't surrender to my higher power with the food, I wouldn't even be here today. So, um, it, it, you know, I do this on a daily basis. It started right at the beginning. Uh, I remember hearing, we do this one day at a time with the food 
and we do what I do it with my life and my will, and uh, and I it's just amazing how God has led me all these years. You know, just I mean to be abstinent that was a miracle. I wanted to do I tried that for 25 years, it didn't work, and how God has led me in other areas. My mission today is to pass it on to others what has been given to me so freely. And this this what keeps me going. This is my life first, you know, and then, of course, I have a life after, you know, being at the meetings and doing the, the, doing the work with others. It, this is my mission, and it is um, a daily reprieve for me. I'm so grateful with everything, and it is, Thy will be done, not mine. Every day I surrender to God with the food, and I thank God with everything in my life and my everything, with everything. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. And Kim, you're up. And then Katie S., and then Monica T. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim J. It is easy. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. You know, one of the questions I often ask when I get phone calls is, where are you in your step work? And often what people say, well, I've done the steps twice, and last time was last year. And I always get nervous because that's easy to let up on our spiritual program. The steps are something we work continuously. Our laurels are our past achievements. The fact that we worked the steps last year does nothing for me today. The spiritual work I did yesterday does nothing for me today. I cannot get clean on yesterday's shower. So I am now entering the growth steps, not the maintenance steps, the growth steps, because steps one, two, and three is simply conclusion, conclusion, decision. I learn the skill step in four through nine, which gets me unblocked from a power, and I get to experience these glorious promises. And from there on, I need to maintain that spiritual condition, because I'm only going to have those, those promises as long as I am working this program diligently. Because let me tell you, I am convinced of two things at this very moment. The first thing is that I am experiencing permanent recovery. I never need to eat again. I have had five and a half years of effortless abstinence because I have worked the steps vigorously. But I am equally convinced if I stop doing the work today, I'm three or four days away from a relapse. Because I understand that my disease in my brain has progressed even though I've, I've not, you know, I have not partaken in the food. That's, that is my two convictions today. I am experiencing permanent recovery, and I'm three or four days from a relapse. And that sounds insane, but that's my reality today. You know, this is when the book begins to come alive. All the stuff I learned prior, it's beginning to come alive for me because the simple formula for me in 10, 11, and 12 is, in step 10, am I having daily contact with recovered people? Am I doing my spot check inventories and not trusting my own brain and talking to those who are recovered? In step 11, do I have three practices, a morning, evening, or pausing throughout the day? Am I connecting with that power that has removed the obsession to eat because I sure as heck haven't been able to do it on my own? And step 12 is, am I, am I working with those who are still suffering? Am I having contact with those who are still suffering? Because what I find is those people who aren't doing step 10 and 11, they use step 12 as a drug, and they're always working with people. I often see the other. They're working 10 and 11, and they're getting into self-inventory, and they become self-centered again because they're not working with others, and they cannot see outside of themselves. Because the way that I stay tethered to my powerlessness 
is by working with others and teaching them they're powerless, by doing my step 11 and seeing what God is doing for me, what I could not do for myself, and by working step 10 and seeing how I cannot be objective about my own life. So this big book comes alive for me on a daily basis by implementing all the pages I've learned up to this point. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Katie S., and then Monica, and then Amy G. Hi, this is Katie S., recovered uh, compulsive reader in Pittsburgh, PA. Um, so it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. That was definitely my experience. I went through the steps for the first time four years ago, and Every word in this book was vibrantly true in my life. The promises, the warnings, um, Bill's story, even Bob's story, everything that um, I learned about in this book was like an amazing view into my own life that I didn't know about. And yet... It it went on like that for a couple of years. I was really excited about... um, doing inventory when I was upset about things that would happen in my day, meditation, um, learning about other types of uh, just religious writings, uh, spiritual writings, and uh, helping other people. It was a joy. Yet my reality, and I think this is normal for human condition, went from that place of being constantly in torment by addiction and negative thinking and suicidal thoughts to a place where I was, like, happy with my life, grateful, uh, seeing different pieces of the world as, like, being okay how they were. And when I adjusted to that way of life, my addict brain kind of clicked in and started looking for the negativity within it. That's like my alcoholism. That is my uh, way that I can start sabotaging. And it didn't, I mean, it was kind of slow. You know, after two years solid recovery, it was another year that things kind of started to creep out. And it and it was it was easy to say, like, you know what, I'm doing fine. I don't need to read this in the morning. You know what, I'm doing fine. Like, I, uh, like, I feel overwhelmed by this or that. And, and just wanting to live my life and the gifts that I had received from recovery became uh, just this thing that I needed to, to keep up. And... It's not talking about, like, you know, the maintenance steps of maintaining our life <laughs> and then the gifts of it, like, the maintenance steps or, you know, growth steps, whatever. It's moving continually in our spirituality to stay. It's like gardening, right? Like, we have we have this if I If I don't weed my garden then it's going to be overtaken. And with someone like me, you know, I have those types of weeds that are going to choke out anything that's in there and completely decimate the whole project. So I need to daily go in and, you know, take care of those resentments, like really not get settled in with them. Okay. And 
thank you and continue to grow. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much for sharing, Katie S. And Monica T., it's your turn, and then Amy G. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Virginia. So here we are on step 10 into the chapter, into action, 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 action. You continue, continue, continue. And we've been given the paragraph before. I was just, you know, we've, I have it all in green, promises. You know, wow, how exciting, all these wonderful promises and hope. And, and then here in this paragraph, I've got a lot of pink. Warning, warning. You know, Bill gives us a lot of good stuff here in the paragraph before, and I'm feeling good about it, and then bop, he bops me over the head. Warning, warning, because it's easy to let up on a spiritual program of action. You know, it's easy to let up on step, doing step 10 every day and step 11 every day and step 12 every day and rest on my laurels, you know, my prior achievements. Well, hey, I'm feeling pretty good here, you know. Things have been going well. And we are headed for trouble if we do. You know, Monica is a great forgetter. And they're warning us here that you've got to keep doing the things that you have been doing every day that you have learned along the way that work that you need to do. I need to get out of my knees the first thing in the morning and touch base with God. I'm a real compulsive overeater. I'm powerless because I'm not cured of alcoholism. He's given me this daily reprieve. I love it. This daily stay of execution, contingent, i got to keep doing this work. You know, this is a daily decision for me. What do I want? What do you want, Monica? Do you want to stay in recovery or do you want to end up back in the food? Well, I want recovery. It's a great place. It's beyond my wildest dreams. So every day, I must carry the vision. You know, that's not a suggestion, must. It's not a suggestion. i got to do this. And then I have a wonderful little prayer. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. You know, and I remind myself back on step seven with the um, seventh step prayer that I have signed a contract with God. And the last part of that contract is grant me strength because you know I'm powerless as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. And with that amen, I have signed this contract. I ask him for help and do what I need to do, and the power is there because I'm powerless. So these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. You know, this is the proper use of the will. So I get up in the morning, and that's one of my questions. God, how can I be a help to someone else today? What would you like me to do, you know? And I always hear love, tolerance, patience. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Monica. And Amy G., it's your turn. Good morning, Sally. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, everyone. It's been such an awesome meeting. I'm going to piggyback on what Monica was saying. You know, we can exercise our will along these lines, this line at all we wish. It is the proper use of will. I mean, this paragraph has been full, full of... And the last paragraph have been full of words like adjectives like, you know, fitness and exercise and action. I mean, what is the spiritual program? It says here in the first paragraph, it's a spiritual program of action. This is what we do on a daily basis. And if I look up the word exercise, you know, exercise is what we do 
repetition every single day to maintain health and fitness. That's the definition of it. So, you know, repetition is the father of learning. So if I want to grow spiritually and stay hooked into my power source so that I recoil as if from a hot flame, like we were talking about in the prior paragraph, and stay fit spiritually, I need to do those actions every day. I mean, this is about step 11, in my humble opinion. It's about improving our conscious contact with our higher power, seeking, taking action to learn what it is and grow closer to this power source. And what I love here when it says we can exercise our will along these lines all we wish, you know, my willpower for me, myself, and I, or me, myself, and I prior to program was to do, it was to let my self-will and my self-centeredness run riot. And I always thought, well, I can't use my willpower with this disease. But that's not what it's saying here. Every day that I choose to get up and work this program, it's a choice. It's my will. My will is making a choice. And I use my will to make choices now because I've been restored to sanity. I'm at step 11. And I'm using those activities and using my will to make a choice today, which is like Monica was saying. I get up and I get on my knees first thing in the morning. I ask for God's will. I ask for a day of abstinence, and I ask for a day to use his will to come alongside God's will and to do what God would have me do today. I pray throughout the day as needed. These are, these are things that have become second nature because I've exercised them every day. I've created a habit of recovery instead of a habit of disease. My will is now geared towards a habit of recovery which is working the program as I need to work it and then to carry the message. And that's part of my spiritual maintenance, as Katie was saying earlier, or Kim rather, about how it's also about carrying the message. My spiritual maintenance is about for me and to serve others. And to me, I believe that to be God's will. So why wouldn't I exercise that will along those lines as much as I wish? Because that keeps me sane and the food doesn't come a calling. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Amy. I'm Sally, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. I'm just going to piggyback on what Amy was saying because it really triggered for me a growth that I've been in. And I'm just going to take a minute here to say that this last part of this prayer here, how can I best serve thee, thy will, not mine, be done. And what I want to say is that for years, I mean, I've been in OA for 33 years at this point. I heard over and over them say the serenity prayer and will and end with, Thy will, not mine, be done. But whenever we got to that part of the prayer, I would stumble and stammer like I just couldn't seem to get that part of the prayer. And I don't have that bad of a memory. It just wouldn't come out of my mouth. And it's come to my, to my knowledge, to the realization of my mind lately, that when I pray, I wasn't praying correctly. When I pray, I was praying like this. I was praying like I'm in an arm wrestle with God. I was praying like I was in a tug of war. I was going to get 50 of my friends, my posse, my peeps, come and pray with me. We're going to, we're going to strong arm God because I want God to do what I want him to do. And I need you to pray with me. This is what I want, and this is what I need God to, to, to do to cooperate with me. And please come and pray with me. I was, I was going and finding as many people as possible to pray with me that God will do what I want God to do. That's the way I used to pray until one day it struck me and I was not happy about an interview that didn't go my way. And I said to God, why am I bothering to pray? Why am I bothering to get all these people to pray for me and with me? And the thought came to me, Sally, you're praying 
that you will align your will to my will because I know better than you. I'm God, not you. And it was such an epiphany for me. Oh, I'm praying that I'm going to have my, my will will be aligned with yours. That means I'm going to surrender the outcome. That I'm going to actually trust you that you know better than me. And I'm going to pray in a way that I'm just simply asking you to give me peace about the outcome because your will is a better, cho- a better choice for me than mine. Therefore, therefore, thy will, not mine, be done. Thanks for letting me share that. And I'm going to pass, and I'm going to ask, would anyone else like to share? We have time for just about two people to share. Nancy, Leah, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy R. I heard Leah and, and Nessa R. Nessa R. Okay. Nessa R and then Leah M. Hello? You called Nessa R? I did, Nessa R. Oh, thank you. Um, this is Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. So I also want to um, talk about this. Uh, we can't rest on our laurels because we are not cured of this disease. Um, I was listening to the Joe and Charlie uh, recordings yesterday, and um, Joe McCoy, the second Joe in Joe and Charlie, said something very obvious but very, very, very profound. And he said, we cannot coast uphill. We can only coast downhill. And you know, I just thought that it was so poetic and, and so obvious. And I think that, you know, much has been said about, you know, people stopping to work the steps at step nine. But I think it also has to be said that we as sponsors bear um, a responsibility. And we need to um, teach our sponsees, train our sponsees on steps 10, 11, and 12 with as much focus um, as we do with the doctor's opinion and the other steps. Um, and, you know, I credit my sponsor with my focus on um, steps 10, 11, and 12, especially step 10, because, you know, once I finished um, or, or I started on my amends on step 9, uh, and life continued going, and I continued to um, get restless, irritable, and discontented, and calling her to discuss a problem, an issue, etc. You know, um, she didn't just put the book away and then started to give me advice. You know, her question to me was always, did you do step 10? Did you put it through the steps? And at the very beginning, I would say, well, no. And she'd say, okay, fine, let's do it right now. And we would do it on the phone call. And, you know, after a few times of that, um, she stopped doing that. And, you know, when I would answer no, I didn't put it to the steps as uh, she asked, asked me the same question. She said, okay, fine. So go put it to the steps, go do a step 10, and then call me. And, you know, that, that trained me that I have the answer. You know, I don't call my, my, my sponsor to commiserate, to get sympathy, or even to get advice. Um, you know, I, I, ha- I have the tools at my feet, but I needed some training. And I think that as sponsors, it behooves us to continue on the role of taking the steps, uh, taking us proceeds through the steps beyond step nine. Um, and, um, you know, our job is not done at step nine. Our job continues until our sponsees are able to actually um, sponsor other people, even as we answer questions. I mean, now I call my sponsor and most of my questions are about, you know, how do I do this or how do I do that with relation to, uh, 
to a sponsee. So um, a role as sponsors doesn't end at step nine any more than our job as recovered um, compulsive overeaters and at working the steps at step nine. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Leah M., you'll be our last chair this morning. Thanks so much, Sally. It is the proper use of the will. You know, the whole program is a process of correcting my will. Um, you know, I used to not be tethered to anything. You know, my analogy always is, you know, that metal ball in those old-fashioned pinball machines and you pull back the spring and the ball goes catapulting around the pinball machine, ding, 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 and the bumpers are going, the lights are flashing. No, no tethering, you know, acting just on impulse. So the steps have corrected that will. The whole program, not just step three, you know, that we studied long ago, the whole program is a process of correcting my will. God gives me free will, and I can utilize that free will to self-destruct, or I can utilize that will by aligning myself with God through these action steps. And, you know, God not only gave me free will, but he also gave me the intelligence and the mind to carry out the actions that are required. You know, so if if this sounds like a lifetime occupation, living and growing in steps 10, 11, and 12, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. It is a lifetime occupation. You know, I always say that this program did not enhance my life. That might be nice, but it did not enhance my life. It is my life. It, it's my breath. It has to be, because what's the choice for someone like me? The choice for someone like me is to get snuffed out by the disease of compulsive overeating, because the disease of compulsive overeating, at least my disease, I don't know about yours, was a lifetime occupation. This disease took every, every moment of my mind. It took every energy from my physical body. It, it wiped out my, my soul. You know, so, so you know, what, what is my choice to be? For me, both compulsive overeating and recovery have been progressive conditions. Compulsive overeating, progressively downward spiral, and recovery must be progressively upward because freedom is not free. There is a price for me to pay for this freedom. And the big book makes it clear, and messengers who helped me along the way told me, taught me, that there is going to be a price for this freedom that I so desire. There is no way to avoid it. You know, I'm going to have to pay a price. And thank God I had messengers and this text that gave me the clarity to determine what that price was going to be. And as I recovered through this process, I became uh, mature enough to make that decision and be grateful, to be grateful that I do have a solution. So many diseases do not have a solution. So one thing I always think about is pain of discipline or pain of regret. That's the bottom line for me. That's the way I think of it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah. And we are all so grateful to you. And um, now I will ask Penny C. to read for us um, our closing statement. Before I do that, I'm going to just say thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. I would like to invite you to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. 
And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Penny C., would you read for us, please? A vision for you, beginning with our book, is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Sally. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.